spiritual consciousness. Yeah, we're talking today about our relational journey with the Lord. This is our second part, and um, I'm going to start with a scripture. We talked about that uh, to have a relationship, especially like a marriage, uh, you know, you become one. If, if If you get married to someone, they're going to be one with you. And I mean, it's it's amazing with Julie, my wife. It's like we'll sit there and and uh, many times I've said, "Do you know what I'm thinking?" Or she says, "Do you know what I'm thinking?" And boom, we just bring it right out, and it's exactly what the person was thinking. That's a closeness. And if you're close to God, you're going to know what He's thinking. I know the Bible says his ways are much higher than our ways, and his thoughts are much higher than our thoughts. Yes, that's true. It said that in the Old Testament, too, by the way. Yeah, but honestly, he wants us so close. He already knows our thoughts, but he wants us to know his thoughts. And I know that might rub some people the wrong way, that that scripture's, you know, true and whatever. But no, when you're one with someone— just like it was with my wife and I, where we finished sentences and whatever, each other's sentences. That's the kind of relationship he wants to have with you. Well, doesn't the Bible plainly state, for you have the mind of Christ? Yeah. I mean, you what have does the that mind mean? of Christ, you know his thoughts. <laughs> you're, in one, you're in a oneness with him if you're his mind. That's now, do right. we know every thought? No, no. But, but there are times when we are... When we are really feeling his presence, Jim, and when we're really feeling our presence, that we feel that oneness. We feel that closeness that that he desires so much for us to have. And it's, it's not about the do's and don'ts. And, you know, the law was so restrictive on people because that's what they asked for. Jim, they asked for that. They they told Moses, go up on the mountain. We're too afraid of God. Oh, gosh, we don't, want, we don't want a close relationship with him. And they are today, too. And, and, and that was my point. And it hasn't changed that much with some folks. It's like the fear of the Lord is not to be afraid of him. The fear of the Lord is to realize his awesomeness and his, his glory. And so the fear of the Lord is a good thing, and it's not something to be feared in the English way of putting it. And so he wants that close relationship. And so I'm going to read this, Jim. It says, um, God's Spirit is the only presence in the universe. Now, someone may take exception to that, but, but you, the Bible will hear it out. He and is the only power. What about darkness? There's a power there and whatever. Well, that's in this lower realm. We're talking about eternal power. He is in, through, and around all creation as its life and sustaining power. Do you think this world would be turning on its axis without the Lord? Mm-hmm. That's where the power is, folks. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's... Uh, and even the scriptures, again, we get back to the mysteries of God. Uh, even scriptures say that God, God dwells in dark places. Uh, and I was asking the Father about that. I said, Lord, what about that? You know, do you dwell in dark places? And, 
And he said, uh, yes, I'm everywhere. Uh, he said, but the darkness can't dwell in me. And Amen. there's a difference. Big I can difference. go just like you can go into dark places. You can go into the bar where uh, the devil's got all kind of kids in there, you know, whooping it up and so on and so We've forth. We've been there. Drugs. <laughs> but your light can go into that darkness. The darkness won't come into you, but you can bring the light to the darkness. And that's the reason why you will find God in dark places because he's there to illuminate. You know, when you walk into a dark room, all you have to do is flip the light switch, and what happens to the darkness? It disappears. And that's what happens when a man or a woman uh, wakes up to the reality that Jesus Christ is their Savior, uh, and they make the decision to flip that light switch and invite the Lord into their life because he's already in their temple. I realize that that's a deep thing that I just said, too, because, you know, the Scripture says, For God lighteth every man that cometh into the world. It didn't say he lighteth most people that come into the world. It said he lighteth every man that cometh into the world. And unto every man has been dealt the measure of faith. We've got to start understanding, church, uh, the sovereignty of our Heavenly Father. Uh, and and get away from a lot of this do-it-yourself religious activities that we've been in. And that's the burden of Rich and I right now, Amen. to wake up the church. Seems like we're a lot in Ephesians 5, because this Ephesians 5.11 just popped up to me that I thought, oh, this is very relevant to what we're saying. It says in, in Ephesians 5.11, do not tolerate anything in your life that associates you with darkness. There is no profit in it for you. What did it say? Sin is good for a season, and then it, <laughs> and you get tired of it. Yeah, and they, they say that it doesn't pay wages, but it does. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, it's, uh, it goes on to say, light or let light dispel any residue of darkness in you. That let light. Let it. Yeah. You, you, it's a choice. Yeah. You have to make that choice. I do want to read one more scripture that talks about the oneness we have in Christ. It says in 1 Corinthians 6.17, it says, But he or she that is joined unto the Lord is one spirit. So it's not your spirit, it's his spirit. He He's in you, so guess what? It, it is your spirit, but that spirit is the spirit of the Lord, or the Holy Spirit. The Bible says, greater is he that is in you, not around you. It's wonderful. In the Old Testament, they talked about Emmanuel, God with us. And that's a great thing. But you know what? It is finished. One of the things that accomplished Jesus accomplished is greater is he that is in you. Christ in you the hope of glory. And that is a revelation that if you can get a hold of, it's going to change your life that you don't have to pray to the God that's on some mountaintop where Moses went, or you don't have to pray to a cloud or look up in the sky. I mean, if that's the way you want to commune with God, I'm not going to say there's anything wrong with it, but, but God made it even better. God says that Christ in you is your hope of glory. And God wants to reveal his glory in us. In us. Yeah, around us is good, but don't you think in us is much better? 
Yeah, you know, Rich, we've used the word oneness a lot in this particular broadcast, and I was talking to the Lord one day, um, and I said, can you give me some kind of a revelation, Lord, on exactly what this oneness means? Um, You know, the Lord says, come as a child in order to enter the kingdom. He didn't say go out and get a Ph.D. in theology. He said, if you want to enter my kingdom, you must come as a child. And I think we need a little bit more of this in the organized church today, uh, is to come to the Lord in humility and as a child and admit that we don't have the answers to these deep mysteries instead of trying to come up with them. But anyway, what the Lord showed me was, he showed me a vision of a fish, a little fish in water. And he said, do you think that this fish realizes that everything around him I've created, all that water? Do you understand that every time that fish opens his gills, that water runs through his very being? That is his oxygenation for him to continue to live and survive. It is his life. And that's the way it is with us, son. I felt that that was a beautiful definition or explanation. When you're talking to your children, mom, if you're listening, or dad, if you've got children, show them the oneness that they have in Jesus because they're just like the fish. You know, God always uses the terminology water as a type of the spirit. If you know anything about the scriptures— He's always talking about how rivers of living water will flow out of your innermost being. It's just like that little fish. That little fish doesn't realize that that water is literally what is keeping him alive and uh, preserving him to go on and live. So, you know, we'll end it with this. The Bible says, for in him we live and move and have our being in him. Just like that little fish, that fish is all one with that water, but I doubt that he has any realization that that really is where his life comes from. I'm sorry, I have one more verse on oneness. Um, I'm not sorry because this is a beautiful verse. It's Ephesians 2.18, For through him we have, we both have access by one spirit. You have to realize that you have access to the Father. Jesus said, told the disciples, he said, when you see me, you see the Father. So if it helps you to look to Jesus, then look to Jesus, because you can't go wrong if your eyes are upon him and you're looking to him. But we have access by one spirit unto the Father. It's a beautiful scripture. So, you know, if you just tuned in, our relational journey with the Lord is what we're talking about. And what comes with a relational journey? We have to we have to analyze and look at what our kingdom priorities are. You know, first of all, the the Bible says that what you can't see is important. I'm not saying what you can see isn't important, but but what you can't see is definitely more real than what you can see. He says that the things of this world are temporary, the things of the heavenlies is eternal. So what should we do? Well, here we go. This is your number one priority right here. Seek first the kingdom. There you go. Number one priority. Seek first the kingdom. 
And guess what? God is so good. He says, and all these things will be added to you. So seek the dominion of God in every situation because he is there. Cast your cares upon him because he cares for you. And so it it should be a daily walk. I even tell the Lord before I go to sleep, I say, Lord, I want my dreams to be about you. <laughs> and I have some weird dreams sometimes, so you know, but but I want dream I want I want to be close to him even in while I'm sleeping. Well, even King, while I'm sleeping. King David said he visits me in the night hours. I believe what King David was saying was even when his conscious mind was shut down, yeah. God was communicating right. with his subconscious mind. Uh, because that's really where most of the spirit, I believe, ministers to us anyway, through the subconscious, and it works its way out into the conscious mind. Uh, but yeah, this uh, it's pretty obvious, Rich. We didn't really know coming into this thing what this no. was going to be about. We were walking largely by faith. By faith. <laughs> uh, but what I love about this broadcast, Rich, is we're giving you scriptures, but largely we're giving you personal experiences that we have had in our journey in walking with God. And, and we're giving you prophetic, personal words that God has spoken to our heart personally. Uh, we're not just sitting here reading you a bunch of scriptures, uh, hoping that, that you get these revelations. We want you to understand that everything we're saying on this radio broadcast has come to us by revelation yes. of the living Word of God. Not so much even by the scriptures. Mm-mm. The scriptures are wonderful. Don't misunderstand me. But... Understand that the the living word, where the faith comes from, it comes from Christ in you. It does not necessarily come from that the written word, the record that Matthew, Mark, and Luke and these guys had the written, written about word their experience. Jim, it's just it's a good confirmation. Yeah. yeah, we can write our own book of Acts. Okay, when you sit down and start looking back at your journey. Uh, you could sit down and, and really start sharing a lot of experiences with other people, the times that God intervened. I know that there was times, a couple of times, where God spared my life from automobile accidents. I think Rich has got testimonies oh, like that. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, we're talking to you about our personal journey. We're not giving you some theology that we learned in a Bible college down the street. Nothing wrong with the Bible college. Don't misunderstand me, but this is pure revelation that we're giving you. Experiential. Yeah. Well, let me say this, Jim. Uh, this is what I feel the Lord says is very important, and that is gaining wisdom must be included in our relational journey with the Lord. Wisdom is the voice of God within as a source of our understanding. I'm going to read that again. Wisdom is the voice of God within as our source of our understanding. So wisdom and divine understanding is ours. Didn't he say in James that if you lack wisdom, ask, and I'll give it to you? I mean, that's, you can't misinterpret that. That is very, very clear. These attributes come from the Spirit of Christ within us. The price that we must pay for the conscious attainment of divine wisdom and understanding is the letting go of the personal self with all its limited beliefs. 
Jim, that's that's pretty powerful there. We got to let go of some of our religious beliefs because some of the, what we were taught, I mean, there's some things, Jim, that I was taught 30 years ago that I don't believe anymore. Now, at the time, and those folks that were teaching me as a baby Christian, were, were they trying to to deceive me? No, no, not at all. They were just speaking and preaching and teaching on what they knew. But we live in a time right now where God is opening this thing up. And to whom that uh, may, you will be fed. And if you continue to ask, he's going to answer. If you continue to knock, he's going to open the door. If you continue to seek, you're going to find. He's opening this thing up, Jim. I believe we're living in that day where revelation, the spirit of wisdom and revelation is going to come flying Mm -hmm. from all to everybody, to different religions, to different denominations, to those who aren't aren't even in church. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, the Lord talked to me about wisdom some time back, and he said wisdom is the thing that you must have where it will separate the good from the bad. And then the poem went on. I can't find the poem, but that's, that's immaterial. Um, but one thing that the Lord did speak to me, I said, yeah, I know, Lord, that uh, um, he said, and the only way you're going to get wisdom, son, is through quietness, being still, and meditating on me. That's the way you obtain wisdom. And I said, well, the first sign of wisdom is the, the fear of the Lord. And he said, yeah, reverential fear. He says, but how are you going to obtain that fear, that reverential loving fear, if you're not meditating or in intimate relationship with me? So it was like God was saying, before you understand the true meaning of wisdom uh, that God imparts to us, Man doesn't impart this wisdom that I'm talking about. God imparts this wisdom. It's his very nature. It's his very faith that he imparts to us. You have got to get quiet and meditate on the Lord. If you do not have that, any of that in practice, you are not going to come into this by one hour on Sunday at the church house. No. I'm just telling you the truth. I've been there. I've done it. So you're going to have to have some quiet time. I know with me years ago, the Lord started talking to me about that, at least get away from the TV and everything else. And and um, and, and the Holy Spirit spoke, well, just can you give me five minutes? So I went upstairs to my house. I got quiet for five minutes, and I started doing that once, two, three, four times a week. Next thing you know, I'm sitting up there for 20 minutes. Next thing you know, I'm in heavenly places And three hours later, I look at my watch and I go, oh, my goodness, where have I been for three hours? And the Lord says, you've been up here with me, son. And that's when the poetry started flowing through Mm -hmm. me. Yeah, Proverbs 9.10 says, the starting point for acquiring wisdom. This is Solomon, who was supposedly, the at the time, the wisest man in the land. So he says, the starting point for acquiring wisdom is to be consumed I love that word, consumed, consumed, with all, like we said earlier, as you worship Yahweh. Yeah, there you go. That's good. To receive the revelation of the Holy One, which we're receiving day by day, we're receiving more of Jesus. You must come to the one who has living understanding. Verse 11, the wisdom 
Wisdom will extend your life. You want to extend your life? Get wisdom because you know what wisdom is going to do? It's going to give you peace. It's going to give you joy of the Lord. It's going to be your strength. So wisdom, it's a promise. Wisdom will extend your life, making every year more fruitful than the one before. And verse 12 says, So it is to your advantage to be wise, but to ignore the counsel of wisdom is to invite trouble into your life. So it comes with a warning, Jim. Mm-hmm. comes with a warning. Um, Ephesians 1, seven says that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give unto you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him. How do you get that? Spend time with him. Yeah. You, you can't get intimate with someone by just seeing them, like Jim said, an hour on Sunday. It requires time. And, of course, we said this before in James 1.5. If any of you lack wisdom, let him ask of God. And that gives to all men. I like what it says all men, Jim. It mm-hmm. doesn't say just the Christians, does it? No, it says all men liberally and unbraideth not, and it shall be given unto him. Amen. Um, we talked about meditation too, Jim, and while you're maybe getting a poem together or something, um, the word meditation is kind of frowned upon in some circles of, of uh, you know, religion and whatnot. But the word meditate is in the Bible 14 times. And and it's interesting because it was mentioned more in the Old Testament than the New. Um, but it does say in Timothy, 1 Timothy 4.13, it says, So until I come, this is Paul talking to Timothy, So until I come, be diligent in devouring the word of God. Be faithful in prayer and in teaching the believers. Many of you are in teaching ministries or your pastors. It says, don't minimize the powerful gift that operates in your life. For it was imparted to you by the laying on of hands of the elders and was activated through the prophecy they spoke over you. Here we go. Verse 15. Make all of this your constant meditation. And make it real with your life so everyone can see that you are moving forward. You should ask yourself the question. I do it all the time. Lord, I want to continue to move forward. I I don't want to stay put. And if it means, you know, losing listeners to the program or whatever, then I, I, I have no control over that. All I can do is pray that God will continue to move me forward. And I hope you pray that same prayer. Sixteen, Verse 16 says, Give careful attention to your spiritual life and every cherished truth you teach. For living what you preach will release salvation inside of you and to all those who listen to you. That's what we're doing here, Jim. I mean, we're just trying to sharing, bring life. Sharing the love of God. Bring life, you yeah. know. There's yeah. enough death out there. All yeah. you got to do is watch the evening news. Yeah. We want to bring life, the good news. Yeah. This is good news here. Yeah, there's enough bad news out there, that's for sure. Yeah. Yeah, um, we were talking about Jonah before, and, and it was uh, 
a war of the wills, if you will. Jonah says, I'm not going. The Lord said you are. But uh, the Lord gave me an interesting poem here, too, I'd like to read. Uh, and it's about the will. Um, and if we're going to ever come into oneness with God, we're going to have to relinquish and give up our own will, okay? Uh, and it goes like this. The title of this is, This is the Hour of My Quickening. Right now, there is tremendous light that is coming down from heaven into our spirits, into our soul in this hour. This really is a special day that we're moving into. Um, you know, it's, it's, I believe it's the day that the scriptures talked about, the great and terrible day of the Lord. Well, how can it be great and terrible? Well, it depends on what side of the light you're walking on, what side of the street you're walking on. If you are making a commitment right now to turn your life over more than in days past, you will be walking in the great day of the Lord. Because even when things go wrong, and in the natural, if you look at the earth right now, um, it, it looks like things are coming to a climax. I mean, all these nuclear bombs and so on and so forth, if we're honest with each other. And the Lord says, you're moving into the great and terrible day of the Lord. So just a warning, if you will, a loving warning. If you want to be on the great side of this day uh, instead of the terrible side, which is the dark side, here's a poem that you might want to listen to. You know, the Lord says, My children, not thy will, but mine be done, will be the true measure of my sons. For the will is the member in your house. It's a hinge, and it can turn you about. It will bring me in, or it can shut me out. So open wide this day to me, so I can come in and you can learn of me. And I love this part here where the Lord, for the Lord says, For truly my yoke is easy, and my burden is light. But you can only know this as you receive my light. So open wide your heart to me, and I will come in and sup with thee. Why does our burden feel so heavy at times when Jesus says, my burden is light? It's because we're trying to do things in our own strength, brother and sister. How do I know this? Hello, I'm preaching to the choir again. But God wants us to draw near so he can bless you and you can walk in peace. You know, we just can't say enough how much God loves you. I mean, there's people listening <clears throat> that may not believe that they 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 don't you know they've been told by someone that um god couldn't love you and i'm here to tell you yes he can he 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 loves you with an unconditional love and uh no matter what you've done uh, you may listen to this podcast in prison and you may have done something really bad but you know what? God still loves you. I know some people have a problem with God loving someone that's done something really bad. But it's true. It, it's 100% true. And uh, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believe in him shall not perish but have everlasting life. We've heard that scripture hundreds of times, but it always hits a chord with me every time I hear it, because it goes on to say, the Lord didn't come to judge the world. He came to save it. So it's a time of awakening, folks. It's time for us to wake up 
to the spirit of revelation and wisdom because he he issues it liberally he gives it out so um jim do you have one last thing before we close yeah just yeah if you will um it goes like this freedom is the state of mind that i've called you to be freedom can only be found in oneness with me there you go freedom is the place in which the eagles take flight for they have eyes that can even see in the night the eagle soars over his valleys and he glides over the deep. He can fly over the mountains that are oh so steep. So that's all of a poem I'm going to read because God's calling you into an eagle flight right now. Mm-hmm. And you can only do this in oneness with him. Yes. Well, God bless you. We thank you for listening. And um, we hope you keep listening. And you know, listen to our podcast if you missed the broadcast uh, on the radio. And uh, we just want to let you know that we love you, we appreciate you, and uh, we just want to see God's best for you. He will give you his best. We just have to receive it and, um, and just receive that love and that grace that he, he gives to everyone. So keep listening. God bless you.